I'm testing my mic right now. One, two, one loud talking, big old, big old clipping, clipping reptilians, reptilians in the government. Yeah, reptilian. I made a billion and brought my feelings in. What? Dang, dude. Yo, you should change your name from rap critic to just rap man and just rap. I I don't know. You're so good at rap. You should change your name to just rap <laughs> <laughs> rap he doesn't critic anymore he just dropped it down he, he just rap this podcast is going off not too hard not too soft it's going off podcast with rap critic views yo and we got a couple of superstars in the building with us today you know them you love them it's John Boy and Billy in the morning. It's Rev and Kill Bill. Aye. I tell you what, brother. I tell you what. Uh, it's an honor to be here. I uh, changed my name from uh, the Young Jeezy. I'm back and I'm here to kill. Aye. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for a couple minutes. Aye. Wait, do, Rev, do you just make that noise now? Is that what, Are you the mascot who just makes that noise? Aye. <laughs> That's how, he starts, that's how he starts every show we do. The crowd goes crazy, dog. Now that you fucking mention it, not only have you guys put out a joint project that is blowing up the fucking Bandcamp charts. Are there charts? I don't know. You've also had the We Don't Suck podcast. We got them hot on the premiere of the of, uh, of the show. Oh, yeah. I think it's still premiering. Oh, oh, the brand yeah. new episode. Yeah, it's still going. We left the chat. Press F in the chat to pay respects. We, we're, we're basically on the red carpet with uh, with your boys right now. Before they had to go to the after party orgy, you know. They were gracious enough to give us a moment of their time before Kesha walks up, asks for a picture or a hug. I would give Kesha a hug. I would give her a hug. She's a, she's a, she's a good lady. Jerry Seinfeld is a weird mixed bag, right? Indeed. Like, hug Kesha on a red carpet? No. But I'll gladly call out Chris Rock for allowing Louis C.K. to say the N-word. Like, do you remember that episode of Rocco's Modern Life where Mr. Bighead got a job, like, at the head of the company and he had a magic eight ball that he would shake to answer questions? Oh, yeah. Like, in his head, he just has a weird algorithm of, like, do, don't. Don't, don't, do, don't, do. <laughs> Isn't that like incredibly on brand for, for Seinfeld to refuse a hug from Kesha? Because like, he's so like weird and neurotic. He'd like have like some kind of reason why. Did you say erotic? That's his fetish. His fetish is specifically avoiding hugs with people. Yeah. It's a power move. Dude, actually, what if he has, like, an Instagram and there's, like, actually a whole bunch of these fucking photos that we just haven't noticed? And you know how, like, like Busybone, like, we found out he has just, like, this whole adventure that he's been going on and we're just getting, like, a small piece of it? Like, what if that, like, if you pay attention to enough celebrities, like, they have little weird eccentricities that are just like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that makes them... A person? Wait, I have to ask. I have to ask. What do you guys talk about with Busybone? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not oh, hip you, to this. Oh, you haven't heard the news, man. Are we gonna do three weeks on Busybone? We can't. Please but- do. Yo, if anyone deserves three weeks, it's Busybone. Okay, I love Busybone. <laughs> Can you guys make it more interesting and summarize it for us in exactly four words? Migos dis busy gun. <laughs> <laughs> You've piqued my interest, oh, my friend. Oh, wait, if I, can, if I can add two more words, 21 Savage. Migo said they were the biggest rap group ever, and Busy Bone and Lazy Bone were like, no, the fuck you ain't, and they recorded a diss track, 
and 21 Savage was like, man, leave him alone. And they were like, oh, you want this too? And the fucking Busybone went on Instagram brandishing a big-ass fucking gun. Like an Elmer Fudd type of, like, weapon. Like, it was That's huge. fire, dude. Yo, I'm gonna come through. Next time someone disses us, which I don't even know if anyone has in, in recent history, but next time I'm gonna come through with an elephant gun and just post up with an elephant mm-hmm. gun. With the big snozzle on the end, you like feel the, me? Like it was like a funnel. From Jumanji, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna come through full safari gear. Like y'all, y'all want this? Y'all want war? And just, yo, yo, just pull up and like make a video. Just roll up on like a, a go kart or something like that with the huge ass thing on your back into the frame. Like <laughs> y'all don't want it with y'all don't want it with Hollywood cool. This is listen, just listen. Fucking. You're gonna see me and Rav in the front in the front seat. In the back seat is just a bunch of bloods that we hired. Do you ever really think about these like videos, like when people record videos threatening people? Like you're looking, like every time, like back to 2008. Remember, and it was like, oh, Soldier Boy, you know, we got your chain. Da da da. It's like this guy's looking at a phone. Like, like, you know, like, they're just looking at a phone, like, it seems, like, really big because the theatrics of someone looking at you, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's like, if you zoom out the camera, just like, you know what I mean? Like, just one frame, it's just a dude getting angry at a camera. Like, I saw this one video of, like, two dudes shouting at each other, like, on Instagram Live or whatever, it was like, whatever that thing is. It was Soldier Boy and someone else, I forget who, but yeah. There was was it sh- Famous Dex? Yeah, it was Famous Dex and Soldier, I saw it. Yeah, imagine walking in on, like, you you have a friend who's, like, really big on Instagram and stuff, and you just walk in, he's, like, your roommate, and you walk in, and he's just sitting there, like, you don't want this bitch, just, like, right, and and he's just yelling at a phone. He's got a gun pointed at the phone, dog. He's got a gun pointed at the phone! My whole favorite part of that video was that he had uh, Soldier like, actually removed his coat. And at one point was like pulling up on her shirt, like showing his like body. Like what was famous Dex supposed to go like, oh shit, he he naked. <laughs> he naked underneath. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't expect that shit. Dude, he for he real, for real. I better leave him alone. <laughs> you know what would be great is if he pulled out his gun, shot at the screen, and then like the dude on the other end actually like looked like he was getting like shot at and like moved out of the <laughs> way. Like like if it was all just a skit from the beginning. Just like, oh yeah. Like remember that one like YouTube video where it's like it looks like it's an actual fight, but then it, they pull out like uh lightsabers and start fighting like that. Uh, yeah, like what yeah, if it was yeah. all coordinated from the get-go? What if Instagram, like the technology gets so good that someone gets actually shot and murdered through an Instagram. Like, wait, hold on. I'm sending you a fax through your 3D printer or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and a bullet just flies out of it. Bill, by the time we're at that point, though, we probably have some sort of, like, Snapchat filter that could heal you back. We live in a, like, constant, like, MMORPG just where people are getting killed and healed. Welcome to the future! Man machine! The future! <laughs> That's fired. I've never even heard of that. I need that in my life. You know what? I think all games need a soundtrack like that. Like, every time I fire up Minesweeper, I want to hear some shit like that. <laughs> Y'all, you just gave me a crazy idea, okay? Well, first of all, you have to, you have to, this isn't part of the idea, but in my idea, you have to like, like, you know how you do it with like a, uh, like a chainsaw, you have to like fire it up, like do that with your computer for one, but you know, okay. So that's going on, but it's like high six minesweeper. And if you hit a mine, your computer actually explodes and you die. Like, can we make this happen? <laughs> you die. Specific- you got to run away real fast. You just got me fucking thinking of the person who said that in in the case of like an apocalypse, they're gonna make 
hand cranks for your iPhones so you so it can be like a flashlight in case of an emergency. I'm okay with this. I mean, I, I just want to crank on my iPhone anyway. And it would probably be something created by the, the innovative genius at uh, Will I Am Incorporated. I mean, they already exist, yeah. like those batteries that you, let, you can get for your phone and then you can get the cranks for them. So technically, you could get the new soldier phone and then the crank and you could crank oh, yeah. that soldier phone. Or, or, <laughs> or... <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> I was, I was going to bring up... No. I was going to bring up Wyclef's phone... <laughs> Oh, have we still not seen that shit? It was supposed to come out fall of last year. <laughs> I don't think we ever addressed that Rev actually, you predicted the future in an old episode of the podcast. Did we ever talk about this? Was it the Uber ambulance? You were talking about, yeah, you were talking about the Uber yeah. ambulance. And that's a fucking thing now. Yeah, yeah. told y'all it was going to happen. Ravstradamus, y'all. Rev went to Yale and Harvard, dog. He's smart. He knows that. I'm, I'm with this shit, y'all. At the same time, though. At the same damn time. <laughs> went to Yale. Went to Harvard. At the same damn time. <laughs> Rav is the like the, the big brain meme. He's the 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 enlightened meme and he's just like Uber ambulances. <laughs> just like all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna give y'all one more prediction this time around and I'm gonna stick with Uber. Uh ten years from now, there's, there's gonna be uh no more people. Uh, at Uber is just gonna be just gonna be self-driving cars, and that's what Uber is Yo, moving towards. Yo, like in that fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. But I'm again, I'm low key. I think it's gonna be in a couple of years. I'm just going with ten years to be safe. But it's gonna be. He's a talking couple about years. daddy daycare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one. Wait, was was there He's one about like a, a, a self-driving car and like the guy in the car was like played by like Tom uh, uh, Phil. Phil, uh, <laughs> <Lamar>. <laughs> it's like played by a comedian or something like that. Y'all know what I'm talking Phil about. Phil Lamar? Right? No, 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 no. Uh, like, uh, who's the guy who's like Tom Brady? Uh, I get these Phil Cosby. Confused. <laughs> who was the dude who did uh, Lionel Hutz on The Simpsons? Oh, Peter Gabriel. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Peter uh, Gabriel Hartman. and yeah, fucking Michael yeah. Bolton. That's exactly the '90s person I was thinking of. I just imagine you get into the car and you're just like, oh, it's from that one Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And so you go in, get in the car, and then instead of it asking where you want to go, it's just like, who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> what? It's just a, it's an Arnold soundboard. Yeah, we used to call people <laughs> that all the time. I was like 15. I would always call people. Oh my like, God, yeah. There's one where it was like, we call like, they would call and they would just be like, yes, this is me, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger. How are you, right? And then, like, the lady would be, there was, we have it recorded. I don't know if it's there anymore, but, like, this lady was just like, why are you calling me? Just like, why not? <laughs> I remember that. Those soundboards. I, I forgot about that whole stupid, stupid world. Of wasting people's time by just calling them and playing sound bites. Like, we were talking about this the other day, though. Like, there was like a whole time on the radio when everyone used like prank calls like that, and they also had like like bad parodies of songs that were like available on LimeWire. Watch my booty shake, cranking up 
Hoboken. This got brought up in our Discord the other day. Like it was uh like old um parody songs. Like those like they were like Weird Al songs, but just yeah, not but as they good. Weren't him at all, and because you could tell because either like they would curse or there would be like a topic that like Weird Al would not talk about. Like my personal favorite though was like I remember when I was a kid, like back when like LimeWire was still super popping, and like there was uh because I got high by Afro Man, right? Okay, so so you had because I got high by by Afro Man, right? And I remember like I I found that and I downloaded it and it was actually a parody of that song, and it was right after nine eleven and it was called Osama Must Die. And it was so bad, dude. It was so oh, bad. No. <laughs> but they played that on the radio though, because I Googled it recently because I was just like, is this a real thing that happened? Like this was a real song. Like I remember having it because I downloaded it thinking it was just because I got high, right? And uh no, it was like a real thing that was played on the radio like several times. I was like, God damn. This is- what you reminded me of because we were talking a while back, because you had said that they were playing Southern Rock in your dentist office, Bill, which got us talking about uh, John Boy and Billy, which is like a local North Carolina, South Carolina, like morning show of just like redneck humor and shit. There was another station that played what they were selling as a legit thing that happened on an episode of Monday Night Raw. They were like, have you seen this clip where The Rock is singing to Hillary Clinton. They played it 100% straight, and, like, the comments on the video, even if you look it up on YouTube, are thinking it's 100% real, but it's, like, clips from an episode of Raw of The Rock singing a parody song to someone on the show, and then every time it cut to the person he was singing to, it cut to a clip of Hillary at a rally. Oh, so it was, like, completely not... It was, like, not... not real? Why would The Rock be in a stadium with fucking WWE shit everywhere, be singing at Hillary at a rally surrounded by Hillary Clinton signs? All the videos of Bill and I performing together are also fabricated that same way. Uh, we've never actually met in person, yeah. You do the Humpty, uh, the Yo! MTV Raps uh, Humpty Dance setup. Y'all remember that? There was an episode of Yo! MTV Raps where it was like, hey, we're on the lookout for you know, we're trying to find Humpty Hump. And, like, Shock G's like, yeah, man, I've seen him around here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just one of the side dudes in the group, but we're trying to look for him. And then at the end of the episode, they had, like, you know, Humpty Hump in the full get up on the left side and Shock G on the right side. And they're, like, dancing, like, oh, look, it's it's definitely two different people in this room, guys. Like, and I love little things like that. I'm, like, just, like, strangely, like, putting forth the mythos of like that's like hip-hop sort of santa claus at the time like oh he is real you know exactly but it's it's funny though because like all the all the times that i've performed and said i was with rav i was actually with hillary clinton and we just superimposed him over and i was with the rock yeah Mm -hmm. right right yeah it's a different time but you know we gotta do what we gotta do in this world you know at the end of the day at the end of the day at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? You reminded me, this happened like 20 minutes ago, but you got me laughing at the way you said Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's Jumanji, right? Wait, yeah, but wait. Jumanji sounds funnier. So yeah. you should say that. <laughs> Manji. That boy, that boy, a grungy Jumanji. That's what. <laughs> that's why I'm going to start calling people. 
grungy Jumanji. <laughs> I, dude, that shit fucking gets me. Like when when you and Megaran were talking, and Megaran said that someone at a fucking freestyle was like, "Talk about big chunkus," <laughs> and you were That's like, "Fire, dog." You missed the opportunity to talk about a thick chunk, thick fungus. Yeah, big chunkus <laughs> and the tail of his thick fungus. <laughs> you missed that opportunity. It's shame on you, Mega Ran, for not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he listens to this. I love that dude so much. We didn't even fucking mention that y'all got Mega Ran on the new fuck project, Ooh. New Moon, which we haven't even mentioned by name yet. But as uh, as mentioned yeah, on as mentioned on Twitter, <laughs> the fucking it was that always sunny meme where fucking Charlie's in front of the big wall of like things connected. The big net, the overarching net oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I know so many people about. we've had featured on the show have are now connected. <laughs> yeah. Because y'all collaborated with Mega Ran, it goes down the line of just about a every going musician we featured. <laughs> the cinematic universe the going off is now universe. <laughs> now all you need to do is either work with Speech from Arrested Development Ooh. or Arabian Prince, one of the founding members of NWA, and we're straight. Let's let's get them in the room. Let's do it, and we can rap about the big big chungus. So do you think Arabian Prince knows what Big Chungus is? I mean, we can inform him. You know, he's a very surprising person. <laughs> like, I mean, we found out he was partially involved with the uh, digital animation for um, um, the Independence Day movie. That's like a true, like, renaissance man. Like, if you've done... Those are, like, so wildly different yet pretty much equally impressive things to me i don't even know what to ask about the new the new album it's so fucking good man like i i had to buy that shit as soon as it went live because like i need that shit thank you we actually sold out in two days we sold out i uh, saw that 500 cds yeah Yeah. y'all are like nine spaces ahead of the fucking album we're reviewing this week oh my god malibu can which is, by the way, an incredible record. It is. A, I love that record, dude. I love it so much. But uh, I love Tobacco. I love Aesop. I hold both Tobacco and Aesop in the same like sphere of like uh, high regard. Whenever we have y'all on, people in the comment section are like, you know, you got to have them on more often. And we fucking know that. No offense to the offgoers, but we fucking know this. You don't need to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that we need Rev and Kill Bill on more often. And the main reason, I'm going to go ahead and say this, the main reason we haven't been able to is because of We Don't Suck, which kind of created your own thing going on, but also we were like, well, y'all got a fucking schedule now that, like, we, we, I feel, personally, I feel, like, lucky that we were able to get y'all on at the same time like this because, oh, man, in my you. mind... Y'all are just so fucking busy, rightfully so. Y'all got like a lot going on, and like I'm super fucking elated for the both of you because y'all deserve it and so much more because y'all are fucking so talented, and I admire you guys and the fucking work you do and the art you produce. Hey, thank hey, you so thank much. Thank you guys so much. You guys have been hella supportive like for years now, and it's just a pleasure that you guys keep having us back on. Thank you so much. But I gotta ask y'all about the podcast because correct me if I'm wrong. That, like, it seemed like it started around the time that y'all went out there to visit... The Grumps office? Yeah, was it? 
Mm. Yeah, it, it was. was right yeah, after. we just came. We just came back from L.A. We did a show and we, visit, we visited the Grumps office. Came back and we did the podcast. So was like the super mega cast or everything like that. Like, was that just like a big inspiration, or was we don't suck something you had in mind before that? Well, it's something we we definitely did before that. That whole intro is actually cut from something Bill and I recorded years ago. We we. We wanted to do a podcast for that, like the longest time, but we just we didn't have like a, a solid idea in terms of structure and what we wanted to do to set us like uh, apart from other podcasts and just kind of make uh, ourselves like just make us interesting, right? Um, and then uh, visiting the Grumps office and uh, you know living with Matt for a few days, I got to sort of see the work ethic that went behind the whole Grumps machine and the way that they operated. And it was incredibly motivating. Yeah. And that's a, the exact word I could use to, to, to describe that entire experience was motivating. Yeah. Those guys work hard and it's just, it's an incredibly inspiring and as soon as we came back, um, I told Bill that like, hey, there's this, we just did the show. Uh, you know, we just got a bunch of shout outs from like really cool people. We need to take uh, this opportunity by the horns and just kind of like do something that's more regular. Because when you're a rapper, you're not going to be producing a new song every week consistently right and in this day and age it's kind of difficult to uh maintain let alone curate an audience so we thought having a podcast made sense it sort of allows us to stay in touch with our fan base on a regular basis uh whilst also kind of giving us an outlet an additional creative outlet uh quite different to you know us just rapping all the time because Bill and I are pretty goofy people, and so we talk all the time. So now it makes sense that we just record ourselves while we do it. You mentioned putting out music every week. You know, they might be giants try that, and it shows because it's not very good. I mean, there there are definitely people in, like, different genres that can kind of pull that off. Like, I've seen a lot of, like, SoundCloud rappers do that, but when they make music like that, I think that it's less about like how well thought out it is and it's more of a gut feeling and like they go on a roll but it's also like i've seen so many people oversaturate themselves they try to go the lil wayne route but the difference is is like when lil wayne was doing that like no one was doing that and now there's like a whole bunch of people doing that and uh, i'm like for wayne i feel like that paid off but in the end it probably wore down on him a lot and it's it's really hard for people to do that and i mean shout out to people who who can do that but i don't know like i'd rather put time and effort into something and really like try to make sure that it sounds good to me because at the end of the day we're really doing this for ourselves because like making music is like therapy on one level people kind of like do like the idea of just the the pop of oh snap this punchline and that punchline like people like the freestyle sort mm -hmm. of deal but then you sort of think of like if that's all you are you know like there were freestyle rappers that were big like a decade ago but like if you don't build off of that you know, like, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, exactly. I, and, and I feel like there's that sense of like, you got to have songs that people can go back to because everyone will go for that first, you know, song with millions of views that that's just like, oh, the, the pop that this guy can do this act. But it's just like, OK, but are people invested in you as an artist? You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Plus, I also know that if I were to do that, it would suck. Like, I feel like I'm not like that good to where I could just keep doing punchline, punchline, punchline and people would care after the first. You know what I mean? Like, You know, I'm the type of person I I, like when I as the artist that I am in whatever capacity I can. Like, I, I love the idea of like building up ammo over a long period of time and then like crafting it and then unleashing it in a big mode like that you know what i mean like i don't like the idea of like as soon as i come up with something throw it out throw it out throw it out throw it out it's like no 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 i like the idea of like this is gonna be the thing that represents me as an artist for a while let me make sure that this is dope you know also just like the feeling of like um when we did new moon when we dropped that like i hadn't dropped a full project in two years it was like two years almost to the day we had dropped some singles and stuff like that but it was uh it's more fun i think because we didn't tell nobody like we did it as a um as a complete surprise we got a whole bunch of people rounded up and we just just dropped it on them we were like oh we have an announcement and then we just dropped the tape on them and i think that's so much more fun to give someone a giant body of work that you've actually or not giant but you know a body of work that you've invested a lot it of becomes time more like and an care. event yeah and then so like okay a perfect example would be like with the the malibu ken record when i heard that was coming out i became so excited and it was because both of those artists do that they 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 put they take their time and they put out something that they think is solid and i think that it, it pays off for them and, it, and that that feeling is important it's not just the art it's also the feeling you give people. You know, that's a really good point because, you know, there's a lot of uh, artists that are popping right now where you kind of, a new song comes out and before you listen to it, you already kind of think, is this, did they try on this one or is this kind of like, they just did some bullshit ass freestyle verse on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never think that about Aesop Rock. You never go into an Aesop right. Rock song exactly. going like, oh man, I hope he didn't just do a bullshit ass verse. Cause that that's not what he about, and it's it's great that he was able to build that legacy, you know, and it's something to aspire to. I think. I, I remember. I'm sorry. I just want to bring this up real quick, and, and, and I just want to say this: like, there's nothing wrong with people like freestyling and stuff. Like, I, I don't want to diss that. Like, at the end of the day, sure. I'm just saying, like, for me personally, I think, like, as an artist, it's cooler for me to build up that arsenal. Like, I I, I didn't want it to come off like I was dissing people. Who did oh that. yeah, no, me neither. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, in terms of consistency of quality, right? And um. Aesop Rock uh, has always been consistent with his quality. And I feel like a lot of artists are very good at freestyle, perhaps, right? Uh, but you'll you'll sort of encounter those instances where a song will be fantastic, like just this massive single. And then a week later, just a, they have a bullshit-ass verse on someone else's single. And um, you can kind of tell that it wasn't the same am- amount of like time and passion and creativity that went into it. And so that lack of consistency to me makes it, I'm, I'm, I'm less likely going to click on your new song. If I know that you're an inconsistent yeah, artist, I feel like every song you make is a new, I'm sorry. I, I want to get back to music point, but I feel like every song you make is like a new punch that proves that you deserve to still be an artist making music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, when guys do these little bullshit side verses on like pop songs and stuff, it's just like, yeah, I know it's a pop song, but like, 
come on, still do something with it, you know? Yeah. Right? I always feel, I always feel like there's something, hold. though. Like, I, you always see this, right? Like, it'll be, like, artists that, like, I think Juicy J is a pretty good example of this, right? Okay? Because, like, I have, like, a lot of respect for Juicy J, like, what he's done in rap music, okay? Like, with the whole 3-6 thing. I, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just in terms of, I mean, I don't think he's, like, the best rapper in the world or anything, but, like, back in the day, like, he was a part of a movement that inspired a whole wave of like uh, multiple waves because he had kind of a wave when they went mainstream and then yeah, like I the whole that. Raider Clan thing like that when when that was all so inspired by by that sound that Memphis sound the really dark satanic type stuff yeah, yeah. and so hearing a verse from Juicy J on something like Dark Horse okay like with the cape is that the name of the song with Katy Perry Dark Horse yeah, am yeah, I wrong yeah. about turning a bedroom into a fair yeah and it makes me wonder like. Did Juicy J like that, or did someone did someone <laughs> yeah. say? Because it's clearly he's getting the bag, you know. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. get your bag, do what you got to do. I'm not gonna listen to Dark Horse anyway, you know. what I'm saying it's not made for me. Someone else is gonna hear that, and they're gonna hear Juicy J, but they might get a an idea of something that he's not based off of that, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it makes me wonder if there's like other people in the hand that, that like what people who don't normally listen to that type of music that are like, hmm, maybe you should change this. And normally they wouldn't do that, but because they're getting offered millions of dollars to get on this song or whatever, they, they will do that. And, you know, it's kind of a weird, you know, I don't, I'm not hating on nobody for doing, for getting their bag and doing that. But, you know, I just don't, I don't think that it's helping anybody. I don't see how that made that song any better. That That's my thing. It's just like, didn't help the song. Like, no one was thinking, hmm, I don't want to listen to that new Katy Perry song. Wait, they're Juicy J's on it. Well, okay, well, I gotta give it a <laughs> Well, hot like, dog, it, brother. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it's like, and Juicy J's verses didn't even deliver, so it's just like, what was even the point of this? Just make a pop song, like, what? And, and, and just, like, the fact that the beat was all, like, you know, beep, 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 trying to do that, like, the mm. hip-hop, but, like, really stilted because, like, you know, it's real, like, it's fucking Katy Perry, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also want to know, this is just, I don't want to get too far into this little, like, rabbit hole, but I do want to throw one thing. Why is everybody, why is every pop singer trying to get Pitbull on their song now? Pitbull seems like the easy fucking get, man, or that he just likes to get out there. I went and saw the Dragon Ball Z movie the other day, and then I saw on the previews that there's a movie that has Pitbull as a voice actor, and he also Whoa. did the song. And he's also the animator. He's gonna be in this podcast, bro. The I whole movie you. is just is just a slow zoom in on Pitbull's face, <laughs> and it just says Mister Three Hundred Five till Infinity over and over and over until and it gets louder and louder and louder as it gets closer. And you hear on loop on loop until it just sounds like a distorted. Oh man, it's gonna be great. It's like the musical equivalent of the stairwell on the last part of a Super Mario sixty four. Yeah, yeah. It's like a shepherd's tone. It just keeps going. <laughs> Yo, so real talk. Okay, if that experience, if the pit, okay, we call it the pit bull experience. Okay, if that was in theaters, I would shell out $20 like to see an Orlando. hour and a half of that. I would go spend an hour and a half looking at a slow zoom in on Pitbull's face. I would rather do that than see whatever movie they got going on right now. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Dolly Productions. He's the new Snoop Dogg because Snoop Dogg, oh, not yeah. a, he was in the fucking Nickelodeon songs. Mm-hmm. He did fucking I'm going to voice a cartoon in a fucking animated movie or whatever. Somebody like, got you got to be fucking spot. thinking. He did a fucking song for 
the Aquaman soundtrack. Yep. Yes. That, that was what I was actually it. talking about. Oh, it's oh, look. Oh. It's so Why bad. Why are these African covers getting worse? <laughs> it's objectively bad. Like I'm just gonna go ahead and say this: Nin- Ninja Sex Party did the best ever cover of Africa. There will not be a better cover than Ninja Sex Parties. And then fucking Weezer had to sneak in and fucking steal the thunder and do that whack yeah, shit. Yeah. When but fucking- this was even worse though, because the worst part is, is like they have it. And it's like an interpolation. It's not even a real sample. Okay. It's just some, somebody singing it. And then at the end of it, like imagine being the dudes who, who being Toto, right. And like, they're like, mm, yeah, okay, well we just got to, uh, we're going to be in a movie. The song's going to be in a movie, but it's going to be interpolation and a remix, you know, and like basically a sample and then they have it and they listen to it. And just imagine hearing the song that you wrote, like that is like your song <laughs> that everyone knows. Okay. Yeah. And then at the end of the part, you know, you just hear, yeah. what you know that that's like the audio marker like this is mine now (laughs) oh no yeah pitbull pitbull extended his reach over their creativity and just took it and slowly (laughs) slid it over to his side of the table himself on older songs He's working on a time machine so he can go back and do that for all songs. So when you listen to anything on the radio, anything on a jukebox has the Pitbull going in it. So do, do you remember when fucking Pitbull and Enrique Iglesias did a song that was an interpolation of an Ario Speedwagon song like two years ago and didn't no. get radio play anywhere? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm really glad Wait, they I did another that one. song together. What was that? Oh, you know, the one that baby, I like it. The way you move on the floor. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, yeah. that one is... I, I do actually kind of like that one. I like I like it. Mm. No, we're talking about the song that fucking samples the, um... Uh, heard it from a friend who... Oh, my God! Oh, heard it from shit. another you've been messing around. Oh, my God! This whole time, Rav has been uh, quiet because Pitbull is actually his favorite rapper, dude. So you can't... <laughs> Pitbull is my dad. We're like, yo, we're all about to go quiet, and he just be like, I just want to say, Pitbull is the best rapper. Y'all can eat a He's... dick. Aaron just starts booing. He's like, yo, fuck off. Fuck y'all mamas. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. He just, like, Rav has left the chat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't believe y'all hating on the goat like that. Um... <laughs> I want you to retroactively remove my vocals from this podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm out. This that this was not on the script, guys. What, what the fuck? You know what would be really funny? Okay, you know how when I came on here and then I angered every uh, every uh, uh, Eminem fan of all time by saying that I didn't like that record. <laughs> what if what if we did this podcast and then like the Pitbull fandom just oh, like no. finds us and just well, like ruins with me, our lives? <laughs> We start slowly hearing, like, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to start slowly hearing, uh, uh, excuse me, Pitbull's Africa uh, start, like, becoming louder and louder. You know, like, all from all the way to back, you start hearing, like, like what's going on? <laughs> you look you open the window, you're like, what's that noise? <laughs> and you, you see, see, like, an army, like, Braveheart style. There's <laughs> feet coming to your door. <laughs> We will not tolerate the disrespect of Pitbull. You see, you see Rav on a horse with the face paint. <laughs> Look at square to I tried to tell you. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking more like you know, Mad Max with like that dude with the guitar, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just you in a fucking shiny pitbull suit and sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all will remember the day you hated on the god. You will rue the day. You were, you're gonna have to relinquish your channel. It'll be the Raph critic. gonna take it away from you. I feel like he wouldn't get mad. Like if he heard this, he would just be like, "Yeah, he he seems like a nice guy." No, he you totally know? Seems, he's got his fucking money. No, no you know what he lo- he seems like the guy who really did hustle. Like he is the success story. He really did hustle, like from the bottom. And he's just like, "Oh snap, I actually made it." Well, you know what? I'm gonna do that thing I said I was always gonna do. I'm gonna give back. You know, like people always say, "Hey, yeah, I'll give back as soon as I get rich." You know. But, you know, no one ever gets rich, so whenever they do get rich, they do the, um... My main goal is to blow up and then act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> like, I hate this person's persona, but that line had me cracking up so fucking hard. Because it's like it's like a Simpsons-level joke, you know what I mean? Of like the, when I blow up, man, I'm gonna, you know, every, every rapper says it. You know, every rapper does it. When you blow up, you know, keep, even Kodak. Black has a fucking song where he says, when you get that money, nigga, keep your heart. You know, like, it's all about, like, staying real. And he's just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that at all. I'm waiting for the opportunity to leave everyone I know behind. <laughs> it's yeah, like pretty much. Honesty. I mean, he's got it. He's got it. He's got the, uh, at least he's honest with himself. You know what I'm saying? That's what's important. I'm going to take a second to try to get back in Rav's good graces. I personally loved when Pitbull rhymed, me not working hard. Yeah, right. Picture that with a Kodak. And better yet, go to Times Square and take a picture of me with a Kodak. <laughs> it's like, wow. not only <laughs> does that line run with itself, but that's just the fucking surface. That's just the, the common thing that I would make fun of. Y'all don't get it. It's like an onion. Yeah. Like, yeah. not only that, like, on yeah, yeah, top we of can't that understand shit, it. Get out of Pitbull's swamp. Yeah, like, alright, you ride Kodak with Kodak. You started the song with that as if that was going to be the line like, oh, shit. Oh, Pimple's back, everybody. <laughs> it's a fucking ad for a product <laughs> no one's fucking using anymore. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, holy shit, is this useless. Dude, just because I heard that song, I went out and bought out a bunch of Kodak cameras. You need to check yourself, Mr. RC the rap critic, dude. Because yeah, what does RC even stand for, huh? Yeah, yeah. dude. More Re- like more like retractable catheter. <laughs> <laughs> I see right through you. This is the most debilitating insult I've ever had in my life. My career is You're over. Not gonna recover from this shit. Mm-mm. I'm just saying, no. a retractable catheter. That's pretty. That's like a. You could use that. You know. Use I it. mean, okay, that's <laughs> another prediction of mine. That's a Kickstarter right there. How about the reusable catheter? Oh, there you go. Mm. And retractable. There you go. Okay, question, Muse. This this catheter is it yes. smart? Yeah, of course. It's it's the smartest. Can I fucking update my Facebook while I'm using it? I mean, you can update your Facebook and use it at the same time if that's what you're asking. <laughs> okay, thank you. Take my money. The catheter also syncs with Spotify and Pandora. <laughs> Dude, but you, not had me, you had me at syncs because I need to wash my hands after using this catheter. <laughs> the Bluetooth-enabled catheter. I'm not just a client. I'm the president. Yo, hold on. This is bad, random. I just want to. I'm the reusable catheter. I'm not trying to change the subject from catheters, okay? Good luck. But.
Okay, so the other day we were we were doing a Q and A before the album dropped, and then somebody asked um, how we met you guys, and I was talking about at Magfest, oh, right? Oh, and um, which was actually I want to apologize to you, Muse, because like I, I I got this like vibe that you were like mad busy, and I for whatever reason I didn't go like hey say like hey what up I was just over there with RC, but all right, uh, so just yeah. apologies for that, but um, no, I, I've got apologies too. Now, so what happened was, before we started the podcast, uh, the live at, at MAGFest, uh, my stomach got so fucked up because of nerves, because I haven't, like, performed like that in front of a crowd, like, yeah. before. Uh, about halfway through the podcast, uh, RC fucking busts out this goddamn bottle of fireball. <laughs> Yo, yeah, dude. <laughs> and you start, you put that shit away, and... You, you got, you got, you got a little lit. You got a little turnt is all I'm going to say. I feel like it was the right level of lit. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, I think it added to it because like, I remember like talking to him after the fact and it was like a very, uh, at first I was kind of nervous because like, it's, you know, you like meeting people from the internet, you know what I mean? And, and I was kind of nervous. Uh, you guys held it. Like it was a good podcast. Like it was, uh, I think everybody had a good time. The whole macho man thing was great. Like it was a great premise and everything, but like, uh, uh, afterwards, it was like very easy to like go approach him because I was like, okay, I know he's been drinking that fireball. I know that feeling. Time to go. He's gonna be chatty Kathy <laughs> over here. I'm about to go talk to him. You know. So again, going in earlier in the day, we tried to rehearse the whole thing, and we had like taken all these like notes beat for beat about what we were gonna do. And about halfway through, and I don't even know if you can tell on the video, I, I might have been able to hide it, but when we were running out of time. Yeah, I remember that. And we started going off on tangents, and I was like, we still got, like, so much of this album left, and we were really running out of time. And we didn't get to talk about everything that we planned on talking about. And the, you thought I was super busy, I was super pissed. Oh. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, you I was had, really you had mad. An energy, you had an energy about you that you were like, like, I wanted to go say, like, what's up and, like, really, like, introduce myself and stuff. But, like, you had this energy about you that you were, like, like something else was going on. And, like, that's why I didn't. I would have came over and gave you a big hug if I knew that you were, like, angry. I was packing up my shit and heading back to the room. Like, I, I remember, like, everybody was in the hallway, like trying to say hey or whatever and i feel so bad because i just fucking booked it like i i and i understand i was drunk and yeah i got i got, I got a little there i understand but like <laughs> i actually think the like people were saying like the podcast actually went very well like i like i don't remember anyone being like no this is bad what the fuck this went off the rails now no, i think it's dude, because it we had like, our other pl- like we had more shit to do and we were running up against the time that's what kind of made it on edge i i had expectations that that were in my head that weren't met and for that reason I was like fuck it this could have went way better and I was mad I hate that I booked it because yeah like I didn't even I wasn't even thinking about like like talking or staying or whatever and man I really wish I would have fucking held back and got a chance to talk to you because I don't know when we're going to get that chance and I hate that I fucking I missed out on that yeah I mean yeah it's understandable but just from a perspective of someone who was in the audience the whole time and it wasn't just me because it was my friend my friend Brantley was with me and he didn't know who you guys were like he's just like he's not into like super hip-hop stuff he just came along to help film stuff you know and then he was like 
uh, and it, he said that was like one of his favorite panels while he was there. You know what I mean? God damn, it was really. It wow. went, yeah, it went really well. I just think you guys were like, oh, I think you particularly you were you had plans for it, but you didn't have time for it. But like being in the audience, the, I think it went stellar like everyone seemed to have a good time you know so that's what really matters right at a panel i I would absolutely love if we got the opportunity to do something like that again especially with that experience under our belt because like now we know like we've learned from that of like okay here's like here's what we do maybe like take more outlined notes or whatever and really prepare because also they fucked us on the media like we had clips we were gonna play and everything dude i was so it was a good panel. I think that uh, uh, I was I was happy to be in the audience, and it was really cool that you guys like uh, got me to like stand up and you asked me a few questions and stuff. That was really cool. And oh my uh, god, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, it was really. Fun. But if y'all ever do anything live, especially if you're in like the NC area or whatever, because I know that's where you're at, Muse, um, we could uh, mm-hmm. hit me hit me up, man. I'll come drive up there and we'll do something. I remember when I went up to the table to get my fucking pass for the uh, like as like oh we have a panel. I'm a panelist. Um. And they were like, uh, who are you with? I was like, uh, going off podcast. And she was like, oh, cool. Like, what do y'all do? What do you talk about? And I like, as I was describing it, I could just tell, like, dude, I didn't really want to. I was just asking to be polite. I don't fucking care. Like, you can fuck off with this shit. I don't care. You could have just walked away and not answered it. It would not have mattered to me, sir. (laughs) I wouldn't have cared at all. (laughs) I wouldn't have stopped you. I wouldn't have been like, wait, no, answer the question. <laughs> What's the web address? How can I subscribe? I don't fucking. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes, but you just gotta Look, keep guys, on trucking. I forgive y'all, okay, about the pit bull thing. I get it. This was all an apology. You know, you know, good. Yeah, I'm glad. You're I, I would have hated. Sorry, Rav. I would have hated that to be the fucking note we went out on. Fucking burning that bridge, burning that pit bull bridge. Yeah, we were oh, saying yeah, our things about pit bull and his Africa cover. It's actually. Uh, it's great. It's be- it's uh, be- 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 better than the original. It's uh, superior to the yeah. Honestly, uh, like, yeah. I'm just fact, really uh, trying to. You know, as long as we're saying it, uh, uh, you know, take on me. Don't even need to listen to it anymore. Thanks to uh, his Christina Aguilera. Uh, That's right. Incredible yeah, remix. Thank who, you. Who even I is? Was, uh, more like uh, yeah. Uh, more like more like, like, uh, like nah. nah. Yo, wait, wait, you like <laughs> there that? it is. More like uh, yeah. uh Aha who? Fuck them. It's all about Pitbull. Them Honestly, fuck I was just trying to I was just trying to I was just trying to fit in with you guys. Like really every time I hear a Pitbull song, I, I weep tears of joy and pure emotion. And I just didn't want to feel like you know, I didn't want to be perceived as weak. You heard the Pitbull you know? cover and you're like, finally I, I didn't want to say this, but I have to say this. The only reason I didn't like Revival is because it didn't have any Pitbull features on it. I knew and it! That's I really and that was really why I gave it a poor score. And I just wanted to just apologize to all the Pitbull fans and the Eminem fans out there. Because, you know, at the end of the day, man, the day ends. I'm just going to go ahead and say Saturation 3, it was all right. But <laughs> if you get Pitbull on maybe every single one of those tracks, I might cop it. Maybe. Have they thought about replacing Amir Van with uh, with Pitbull? <laughs> with Pitbull. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. 
<laughs> Dude, what if when they came out on Jimmy Fallon to do fucking Aunt Tanya, they all sat down and they were that. like, hey, we want to take this this opportunity on Jimmy Fallon's stage to introduce the new member of Brockhampton Pitbull. You just hear like the new member and then you hear the noise. He comes out, the crowd goes crazy. People are killing themselves with joy. The, the, the single tone starts and everyone looks around and then Pitbull just bursts through a wall like Juggernaut. <laughs> he would be so confused. You know like how they do some of their shows like like sitting down on the floor all together, right? And like yeah. the, their their clothing and everything matches. I like to imagine Pitbull still has got this guy his sunglasses and suit <laughs> sitting along with him. Yo, you know, you know, uh, yeah. you know, if they put um, Pitbull over Boogie, it would actually probably that's his tempo Holy range shit, and everything. Actually. Yeah. Did you did you fucking see? I don't know. I'm gonna have to send it to you. But um, our friend left at London again. Did a fucking mashup of Boogie and a and a uh, Sean Mendez song that was actually pretty tight. Beautiful. It fits the lore. <laughs> There's one where they put uh, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, what is the name of that song? I can't remember the one. Was just like I don't give a foot. I don't give a foot. Like right in the beginning. Element. Uh, uh, I'm gonna element. die for this element, shit. Element. Okay, they yeah, put element. element. They put element over a Backstreet Boys. A uh, Backstreet's back. All right. And oh it's so dope. It's really dope, dude. dude like I was like, pop what? music and rap music. It's just not being put together the right way. Like <laughs> somebody needs. Like oh my god, I'm gonna say this right now, and I know you guys are gonna like. Just just hear me out. So Iggy Azalea. I'm ready to cancel your ass over this one. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's got his hand on the cancel button. The, the fancy <laughs> the fancy song. You know how the original fancy beat sounds like way too sparse. Well, somebody yeah. put, like, a One Direction song under it, like, a, a song that had, like, just a little bit of rock guitar to it, and I was just like, holy shit, this kind of works. I was like, I yeah. can't believe what's happening right now. It's weird how, like, the just the movement in a beat can completely change the, yeah. uh, the I've heard there was one, the, the sicko, I think it was sicko mode, and they put it over, um, yeah, they put, uh, uh, sicko modes acapella like after the after Travis comes in and it's like that over sitting sideways by Paul Wall and it's so good I was like yo I'm, I'm I like that song a lot but the original the sitting sideways so it was a cool it's cool little something you know yeah, all because of the internet you know y'all Thank so you. fickle I, I I just watched y'all you know do a, a whole 180 on Pitbull and I'm gonna just say. I got the notes. I got the receipts. At the end of the day, I go to sleep because it's the end of the day and I'm exhausted from the day. And in order to prepare myself sufficiently for the following day, I sleep. I wake up at the start of the next day. And then at the end of that day, I I go to sleep again. It's cool, Keith, writing your lyrics, bro. (laughs) I'll fucking kill you. I know where you live. <laughs> I will duct tape your family. I won't even do anything after that. I'm just going to duct tape them. <laughs> just going to leave them It's going to be a really awkward situation to get out of. 
I'm just imagining Eminem lyric. I duct taped your whole family and didn't do nothing. Just leave them there until you show up and it'll be really fucking awkward. There you go. And a four board with a four board. Well, the four uh, four boards. Four boards. Four boards. I'm world torn. Of course I'm torn. Of course I'm world torn. Strap her with the flex tape. Four boards. What? We should probably get to those album reviews. Yeah, I was just gonna say we might have to, but I will not allow myself to let it be another full fuck year before we have y'all on again. That was One decade later. disrespectful. Absolutely unforgivable. Yeah. To quote that Definitely. fucking viral video from what? 2007? Some waffle fries. Unforgivable. Some waffle fries for free. Took it a silver ball. Bitch, you ain't no nerd. I'd love to talk more about trans yeah. rights and the marginal um, tax rate, but I would also... Do you... I need to ask. Do you know how to turn on the power in Frantic Factory in Donkey Kong 64 because I've been I've been here for hours and I don't know how I... to do it. On the Going Off podcast, we've got two albums we need to review for you this week. One Patreon request, one brand new album. But before we get right into that, I feel like I would be remiss to not, at least briefly, give a massive shout out to H Bomber guy who just this past weekend did a stream for the Mermaids charity uh, to benefit uh, transgender children and just brought in some of the fucking big guns. Friend of the show left at London uh, appeared, brought in fucking Chelsea Manning, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez fucking showed up, helped raise money. It was uh, it was really inspiring and amazing to see uh, so many people coming together for a good cause, raising over three hundred thousand dollars after originally only asking for about three thousand is just incredible. And I, I can't give enough shout outs to H Bomber Guy and just everybody else who uh, who participated in that stream. Lindsay Ellis, ContraPoints, everybody else. It, it was amazing. But with all that said, the old clock on the wall tells us we got to get to that Patreon request. And this week, it is RC's turn. What you got for us this week? Brother, 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 what you reviewing today? Oh, my goodness. So we've got a, I think, because I had to look this up. This is another one where it's just like you start listening to the album and you're like, wait, what is this? <laughs> I listened to the first song, and I was like, okay, I don't really know how I feel about these lyrics, though. <laughs> who, who exactly is this? And I was looking at it, and I was like, okay, best of Crush 40 supersonic songs, okay? Who's Crush 40? And then it fucking dawns on me, oh, yeah, they, they do the fucking songs for Sonic games. <laughs> And, and this is a compilation of songs from Sonic games. You know, maybe for future references, we shouldn't do compilation albums. You know, we, we, we've, we've got a couple coming down the pike that I think aren't so bad. Okay. And you know what, my friend? I think this one wasn't <laughs> awful. So, uh, R Ryan Holter, this is a Patreon request. Uh, shout out to Ryan Holter who requested this album. Supersonic Songs, The Best of Crush 40. Now uh, that's debatable. I, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that the best of. 
What? 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 What we got here? <laughs> what we have here is a failure to actually. We. <laughs> you know. You don't, you don't need to go much much further past that actual word. From watching Game Grumps and them playing some Sonic games, I I was already familiar with the type of music that Crush Forty uh, puts out. I've even heard a couple of these songs before. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Yeah, I've heard these songs because I remember playing one of the Sonic Adventure games, like one of the earlier levels, you know, when you give up, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard this song in one of the first levels and, and not any of the others because I didn't play that long. I'm a huge old school Sonic fan. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, me and my sister used to play them drums all the time. And so when I first heard, like, oh, they're, uh, it's a like, band that's affiliated with Sonic in some way. I'm like, oh, are they doing covers? Like, you know, the old school joints. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. And then I'm just like, oh, it's just the super, 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 super overdramatic rock songs from the Sonic Adventure games. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if a lot of these work outside the direct context of being the background music for a totally cool dude like Sonic the Hedgehog. And even then, it doesn't really work. You know what I mean? Like, some of these yeah. some of these are just like, as you're listening to it, you're just like, alright, you're, you're doing too much. You mentioned the old Sonic games and the old Sonic soundtracks. Like, they didn't, they didn't need lyrics, is the thing. So... When, when you come to these songs and they're full-fledged songs with verses and choruses and all of this, it's like, do you need to do all this, though? Like, does it really call for this? Like, only some of the songs on this album, I think, really even fit in the context of, like, a Sonic game. Yeah, like, straight up, I'm listening to this, I'm like, and looking at the lyrics, it's like, this has nothing to do with it. These are just, like, vague, over-the-top platitudes. About, you know, being the best and... You gotta do your best and beat the rest and p- pass the test. <laughs> uh, it, it was Sonic Heroes! Yeah, the, 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 the titular Sonic track. Sonic Heroes! Yo! When it, it, so, I'm listening to the verse, and this is the point where I, I wrote this down. I was like, what? And I want to ask you, because maybe there's something I'm just not seeing. What mm. about the verses informs the hook? Oh, nothing at all. <laughs> and, then, and I'm like, I, I, I hope it, I'm hoping that question makes sense because what I'm asking is, it's like you listen to the, the the lyrics of the verse and they're like, you know, you got to be the best and all I'm leaving behind is a is you know a, a tornado and all this sort of like over the top stuff. And I'm just like, this could have been like if you could have had the exact same lyrics and then at the hook be you know my hero academia like it would have been the exact same fucking song like it's so the generic like you know anime opening like so many of these songs it's just like you could just and th- this one's the one that's the most egregious because this is the obvious like theme song that's supposed to be representing you know the the, the whole soundtrack but like like i said like it sounds like they they just had this whole soundtrack ready for whatever, like, video game character they were going to put this in. You know, originally it was going to be, like, you know, Bubsy Heroes. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't give a fuck. It did not matter that this was Sonic the Hedgehog. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's nothing. This this isn't like the the the, um, the the Black Panther soundtrack where there's, like, little things versus, like, oh, yeah, this is related to that. There's, like, maybe two or three lyrics that directly relates to it. And even when they do, it's just this awkwardly jarring, like, well, all right, that doesn't work at all. That's just weird. You know what I mean? 
lyrics are pretty vague. The music is uh, has been described by Aaron on Game Grumps as butt rock. <laughs> and it comes from when hard rock stations in the 90s would say they play rock. Nothing but rock. <laughs> and it's like the you're fucking, fucking... It's like Three Doors Down, Theory uh, of a Dead Man, yep. Seether, Puddle of Mud, Three Doors Down type. Like, it's driving hard rock. But even then, it like it doesn't sound like the bands I listed that much, actually. Like, the, some of the songs are, like, faster and, like, driving beats and shit like that. Like, the music on some of these songs... I think really like set them apart and pretty decent tracks. I will say the fucking mixing is awful on some of these songs. I remember that being an issue like in the game as well, where it's just like, it just sounds like, huh, this music feels like it should be like, it just does not sound like it's at the right volume level. You know what I mean? The mixing's bad and the percentages of where the songs come from is really disappointing. There are far, far, too many songs from Shadow the Hedgehog on this album <laughs> for, for it to be fucking enjoyable. You've got I Am All of Me, His World, All Hail Shadow, and Never Turn Back, all from the Shadow the Hedgehog game? The fuck that shit, man. <laughs> no one's here for that garbage. Best I looked up. <laughs> yeah, I fucking went online and I was like, all right, real talk. What do people consider the best soundtracks to the sonic games like the modern sonic mm. games no one <laughs> none of the lists put shadow anywhere near the top 10 but you look at this album this this compilation of songs that date all the way back to sonic adventure one or or two i think which that, that goes back a ways that's like dreamcast or some shit and it goes up to about like your mid-2000s, like, almost late 2000s, almost before 2010. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? Why are there so many newer ones? Why do you have songs from Sonic and the Black Knight? And, and then uh, you have the Never Turn Back was the first song that almost felt like it was going to do something else. Where it was just like, oh, piano ballad. I, I almost thought I might have added another song onto the list. You know what I mean? Like, while I was listening what to the What the fuck cue. was the point of that? And then it was just like, ah, no, we're just fucking with you. It's like the same shit. It's like, oh my god. It's like, it's like they just wanted to psych me out. Actually going into the specifics of the songs, breaking it down. Uh, I Am All of Me uh, is kind of industrial, I thought it was the best song of the Shadow songs that kind of, it captures the attitude of, like, a dark, brooding character who is ambivalent towards good and evil. <laughs> but the lyrics kind of sounded like a shitty WWE entrance theme. Like, That's I wrote exactly down especially it. the part, yep. go ahead, try to look through me, and... <laughs> Like, the vague walk into my mystery. Like, Stop what? It. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> and the awkward as fuck chorus. I am, I'm all of me. I mean, yes. We're all, all of ourselves. Like, what? <laughs> I'm 100% me. Thanks, Shadow. I'm glad we have this in common. Oh, my God. But then his world, the ratings went exponentially down from... I am all of me to his world to all hell shadow to 
Never Turn Back, which ended up being, in my opinion, the worst from the Shadow game. But here's a question, right? Okay. Ungratify, okay? Uh-huh. The, the, the third track is supposed to be from a snowboard racing game. Why is it so fucking boring? Dude, a lot of these songs are like, they are so like, it's like for the first three tracks, I literally didn't write any notes because it was just like, they're all three songs. It was like, this is perfectly functional, you know, generic if this is what you know you know what this is this is the like the song that you play when you're having a late night and you're just playing a whole bunch of fucking video games and going hard on the shit you see that Futurama yeah. episode where he puts in the uh, the rush mixtape you know what i mean uh, like yeah. mm-hmm. and i'm like okay that's where this that's where this music is supposed to go you know what i mean yeah it wasn't until all hail shadow when i heard just like the horrible mixing it it, it like really laid bare that i started to go like no, this is this is worse than that though. This isn't just generic. This is like kind of bad. Like the person like it's starting to get like annoying to me. All Hell Shadow and Never Turned Back were just bad. Oh, yeah. The 80s like dude, straight up and down that sounded like 80s hair metal. Like and not the like every there's parts of this that do like late 80s early 90s like rock and pop sounds and it's just like and it's not the good version of it you know what i'm saying the one song that reminded me of 80s that i actually didn't think was that bad was is it you the fucking like 80s hair ballad i had no notes for that one that was another one i was just like revving up that was one of those songs where it was like the edge of his range and you could hear it oh my god when he was trying to hit those high notes yeah it's the thrill of the chair! Oh, no. Oh, no. You don't need to do this anymore. You can stop this. You I don't st- know what made him think that he can hit those high notes. That was that was embarrassing. Oh, man. It's like, don't do it. It's like, you, you don't you hear yourself? Do you not hear yourself, man? You know? And it had so much energy. I appreciated kind of part of it. But it was still kind of like, once it would hit the chorus, his voice is like laid bare. You can like, oh, you just hear that limited range. And it's just like, nah, I can't do it. I can't mess with it. You know? Like, I, I really am trying to find like songs that I want to hear more than once. And like, the flaws of these songs are just like, there's little parts that I like. And then I just keep going like, yeah, but it's not worth going through this to get to that part. Exactly. There, the songs on here have like pretty cool guitar solos. Yeah. But they make they make you wait like three and a half minutes for it, and it's Some like these songs it ain't like worth six it, dude. Minutes or so. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> that was about. I have that written down here. One of the songs is like over five minutes, and it's like, why does a song from a video game a have to be this long and b have to be like, this complex with like verses and lyrics? Yeah, just that's like, the thing. It's like, doesn't it loop after a while? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's a video game. <laughs> like, Sonic Heroes is the only song on here that is, like, a perfect theme to a game. Yeah, yeah. But I still, at that point, I don't understand why it has to have lyrics. Like, musically, I thought the song was fun. It captured the fun, uh, like, the fun feeling and the speed of a Sonic game. Yeah. And, and my favorite, my favorite aspect of these songs, and it doesn't come up nearly enough... I think you know what I'm going to say. What? That fucking slap bass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, ooh. 
more of that. Why isn't it in more of these songs? It's so bad. I was just like, come on, man. Let that thing shine. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it only shines in like a couple songs, but those tend to be uh, the songs I liked uh, more. Like um, Free. Uh, it's the theme to the sequel to the the snowboard racing game that sounds like it's it, like it belongs in a snowboard racing game way more than the other one. It's got these really quick riffs, the slap bass. It's got that weird little breakdown with like computer noises. I don't know what the fuck that was. And when he does the in the wind part, it's like at first, at first I was like, oh, this is, you know, high, uh, you know, th this is pure uh, cheese, you know, soundtrack sort of shit. And then like when it came back again, I was like, nope, you, you know what? I think I'm feeling the adrenaline. I think I'm feeling the adrenaline. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Like, and when he says the, I'm free, I'm freaking out. I love that part. I'm freaking, freaking out. I'm freaking, freaking out. Oh, oh God, man. Okay. So fucking with freaking, it. freaking out. That, that was really cool. I wanted more little fun moments like that. You know what I mean? The shorter songs. Yes. Absolutely. Why do they have to be so long? The songs that are like between two and like the high end of three minutes. Like those are the best ones. Oh my god, watch me fly. Basically revving up part two. Dude, I am I wrong? This motherfucker straight up sounded like fucking Michael Bolton on this goddamn track. <laughs> I was going for Forever Young by Rod Stewart. Oh no! <laughs> Listen to the fucking music of Forever Young. It sounds like Watch Me Fly. Straight up. I all I wrote down was intro drum beat and guitar. Sounds like a Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus song. <laughs> Uh, can't place which one. This sucks. Um... Oh, live life with that violin that didn't sound mixed well. You know what I mean? It was just, like, slightly too loud, and I'm just like, I hate this. I hate that I know that this is going to be played all throughout the fucking song, and I'm already annoyed with it because it doesn't sound right, you know? Like, it sounds like it needs to just be just, just softer. Like, it needs to fit in with what's going on in this music, you know what I mean? It's the super sentimental song. I'm like, wait, is this from a video game? And it's like, oh, oh this must be, like, at the end with, with, with that weird... What was that one Sonic game where, like, he kisses a human or something like that? Sonic 06. Yeah, this must be the song they played at the end or some shit. What I wrote down for his world, by the way, was that because it has, like, a mini string section in the back... It reminded me of the uh, the P Diddy Godzilla song. <laughs> I know exactly. Fucking Led Zeppelin sample. So so here's what annoyed me though. So right after uh, a Live Life, you have mm. Nights of the Wind, and this is where the fact that it's a compilation album kind of got on my nerves. Cause like Ugh. they don't think about sequencing. No. So like immediately after the song where you've heard the dun 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 dun, dun, dun that really annoying overly loud uh, violin line, immediately afterwards you get a faster version of that, and I'm like, okay, maybe on the soundtrack this sounded good because it was a couple of songs away from each other, but like immediately afterwards I'm like, oh, I'm glad that song is over, and then dun, 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 I'm like, God fucking. <laughs> <laughs> These three songs, I thought, were the best ones overall. Sonic Heroes. All right. Live and Learn. 
Yes! That's what I was just about to bring up. Live and let! Dude, that one slapped so fucking hard. I was like, yeah! This is that Power Rangers shit I'm trying to fucking... You know what I mean? It's the oldest song on the album, I think. Like, And it's like, wow, where was the drop-off? Why don't they sound like this anymore? Like, that was... It's such a strong track in, like, every way possible. Yeah, that shit was powerful. Like, it's like a legit, like, fuck playing this during playing a video game like i would put this on a normal spotify playlist like it's nothing you know i would listen to that shit and their fucking firewoman cover i think i like it better than the original version if not only because it has that sweet slap bass like the original version the fucking cult song is it's okay but like on this one like i said it's got the sweet slap bass the singer almost kind of sounds like Bono from U2 on that <laughs> song. I thought was weird. And it's like, wow, it's unfortunate that one of the best songs on the album isn't from a Sonic game. <laughs> Dude, what was that Open Your Heart song? The one that sounded like it was off of like 90210 soundtrack or some shit? That actually had a really sick solo, though, with like shredding guitars and double bass. You know what? Yeah. But I still thought it was corny for the rhythm. <laughs> oh, dude. Absolutely. I'm with you. Yeah. The, the verses. That's exactly. Yeah, it's what we said earlier. It's like there's cool moments four minutes into the song. <laughs> they, they got really cool solos, but it's not worth the fucking journey getting to that point. Yeah. Um, The last two tracks, uh, With Me, Um, I thought it was kind of cringy lyric-wise again. But uh, I thought the music was okay. It just kind of sounds like so many of the other songs That's on the exactly album. What it like is. a lot of them just kind of run together. Yeah, it's just like there's nothing special. And you know, it's for an album. Uh, it's for a video game soundtrack where the whole idea is that you're just supposed to be. I don't know. Like I feel like the older games, each song had personality because it's like you're gonna be listening to this song a lot. You know, so it better be something you want to listen to. You know what I mean? You're going to be dying a lot and coming back. Like, you, you better like this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so for so much of it to sound so generic, it's kind of disappointing. And talking about the mixing or the sequencing, ending with seven rings in hand? <laughs> that felt like that should have been, like, the first song. That was so underwhelming. Like, what the fuck is this? I uh, I, I gave it a two and a half. Uh, I, you know what? I agree. Two and a half. Yep, yep. I'm right there with you. I was thinking three, but... <laughs> but I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to, yeah. and it, w- it was honestly a kind of fun novel experience, listening to something that different. It wasn't at all like anything we've listened to for the show before. Yeah. I don't know if that novelty needed to last an hour and a half, but, you know... Not an hour and a half, and I wouldn't want it to become the norm, but, you know, a little outlier there now and then isn't bad to mix things up. Heading on over to, though, Malibu Ken. Collaboration between rapper, you know him, you love him, Aesop Rock, and producer Tobacco to bring you this... <sighs> you, you, sound like a, you sound like a snob, like, oh, how can the people appreciate <laughs> A couple years ago, the, the, the Impossible Kid... Was my favorite album of that year. I think it was 2016. I believe so, yeah. If I want to say. This might top it. Really? I really enjoyed this. With where Impossible Kid kind of had this 
feeling of, and it might have been because the show was new, it kind of reminded me of Stranger Things, how everything was like, kind of like, you know, like everything was kind of like building and everything Weird, was like mysterious. suspense. And, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it kind of had that aura around it. And then you look at the fucking album cover. It's like this weird, like monster creature thing. And it's like, okay, maybe that was intentional. Yeah. Any film, any had apparently written it like, you know, in a cabin or something like that. Oh my God. I forgot the lore. Yeah. That's the whole mythos. Yeah. And, and the shorts leading up to it with him with like a fucking bear therapist i don't know there's a bunch of shit going on at that time but anyway (laughs) i i fucking love aesop rock dude like as an artist he's such a cool fucking dude i remember when i saw it it was around 2009 when i was watching mtv one day and he showed up oh yeah i was so fucking like my eyes just like busted wide open like what he's not supposed to be here oh my god like who found out what my fucking playlist was and decided to put that shit on mtv like holy shit like what's next Del the fucking evil sapien and fucking mf doom you know dude earlier when we were talking about people putting out music on a weekly basis and it not really getting a lot of attention my mind went to fucking mf doom and that cartoon network project oh, yeah. where it was like we're gonna put out 15 songs every week Halfway through, they were like, yeah, no one cares. <laughs> oh, yeah, no one cares, and this is hard. <laughs> but but meanwhile, what do, you, what do you fucking do? You got the collaboration with Czarface, knocked it out of the fucking park. You got the compilation with Ghostface coming up in, like, less than a month. And have you heard the Iron Claw joint? Bro, that shit sound nasty, bro. Going back to this album compared to Impossible Kid... I'm not familiar with Tobacco's production. I'm going to go back and listen to some of his stuff after this. But I kind of got the feeling that a lot of these tracks were like a mix of Atari video game sounds. And if you listen to early Moog keyboard recordings from like the late 70s, early 80s, where they were really getting into like experimental synthesizers. Yeah, I kind of got that Kraftwerk sort of sound. So many of these choruses have this, like, yeah, there's a chorus that Aesop Rock is, like, rapping or whatever, but then in the background, there's, like, another voice saying yeah, something I else, that. I but that. you can't make it out ever? Okay. It's like, what the fuck's going on? I, this was another album that, like, lyrically I loved, but production-wise, it felt like there were a little, like, some things were just too fucking loud. Like, and I hate, I hate, hate, hate to say that, and that's what I was going to ask, was like, were you also going through that too? Like, the first song, Corn Maze, I was feeling it at first, but then there was like a little, burp, 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 and I was like, what the fuck? What the hell? And I was like, I'm trying to listen to Aesop Rock, stop, stop getting in the way, <laughs> you know? And like, there were some songs where it was like, you know, Aesop is fucking dense, you need to hear what the fuck he's saying, and I'm trying to listen, and it's just like, and it's just like, when it finally does cut out, he's like, saying even more details and i'm like oh shit i gotta catch up i don't know what just happened (laughs) (laughs) i gotta rewind yeah yeah um there's a reason this is going by a different name like this isn't an aesop rock album this is this is different almost like how when again going way back taking a trip in the way back machine when we fucking reviewed uh hell mary malin Like, that's different than a regular Aesop Rock album, too. So it's kind of like a different experience. But I remember that production feeling solid. Like, you know what I mean? 
It felt like it felt like there was an idea already made, and Aesop Rock was added to it. Production on Hail Mary Malin was similar to production here on an Aesop Rock album. The production on here is different, but I didn't mind it as much. Um, I thought it was really cool. I uh, I was digging it for most of the most of the time. There was definitely some cool points, like the the twilighty sort of sounding synths at the uh, near the end of Corn Maze, and like because I felt like that worked with where his verse was going as I was listening to the song. I was like, oh shit, this is working, it's coming together. But there were a lot of times where it felt like he was just like, he. they had a song over here, and they had, you know, some raps over here, and they're like, hey, I, why don't we just put these together? Like, okay, the album cover is the perfect, is exactly what I was thinking of. It's like a picture of this guy, and it's a good picture, but it's just like slightly too detailed, you know what I mean? Did this? you fucking see the single album cover for Corn Maze where, like, his face is ripped off? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just like... And it's like... It, it's exactly how I felt about the, the production on the album. It's like, this looks... This is really well done, but it's kind of gross, and I don't know if I really want to look at it, you know? <laughs> I mean, fucking skipping ahead to Tuesday. That's what Tuesday is. It's just Aesop Rock talking about... A rundown of his gross habits and just being a gross person. (laughs) His gross car, parts of his body he can't reach to wash. Like, it's so fucking gross. But, like, there's a lot of personality on this album that it differs from an Aesop Rock album in, in that way. Like, Corn Maze reminded me a lot of songs that were on impossible kid especially with the repeating mantra of i got some walls up like that to me is like absolute pure aesop rock like i'm isolated i'm alone and this is when like he Mm. has very emo shit that doesn't sound (laughs) emo that's 100 percent what corn maze is it's a corn maze he's put um fucking i got some walls up like i'm putting walls up to keep myself like alone and separate but you listen to it and it's like this doesn't sound like a bummer but then you listen to the lyrics and it's like oh this is a bummer (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's like um there, there was a couple songs on impossible kid that were like that too where it's like oh man that fucking sucks, like blood dude. sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, but if you listen to it on the on the surface level, it's like, yeah, whatever. This is pretty cool. But like, he goes into so many different different like actual like topics and shit. Where I think Aesop doesn't usually really do topics. No, I think he does. I think he's just so dense sometimes. Like, that it kind of gets lost. Yeah, it's like a Ghostface Killer thing where it's just like, no, he's actually talking about something. It's just, you gotta be paying attention right from the get-go, you know? Mm. Like on here, you, you got um, Save Our Ship, which is like a rare commentary of current events that Aesop doesn't really do all that often. Although it's kind of through a weird, like typical, vague kind of lens. At first light, might nurse an, an aversion to Earth science like this game comes with the worst prizes. Like, I love that line. Just like, uh, it, yeah, it yeah. almost reminded me of that line, um, who fucking said it? On, oh, uh, Father John Misty. Oh. On that, uh, <laughs> like, le- letter to the god of love or whatever, Man. just being like, this planet sucks, God. The fuck did you do? Like, like that type of shit? Dude, Aesop, uh, uh, Father John Misty is Aesop Rock in, you know, 
Uh, of folk music. Yeah, exactly. Of <laughs> folk rock. They need to do a track together. It'll be a 50 minute long magnum opus. <laughs> there's another lyric, and I, I only got a few lyrics I wanted to highlight, but there's a line in Tuesday. I can't even keep a cactus alive when I'm present. When I'm gone, it's a groundbreaking botanical epic. From desolate to little shop of horrors in a second. It's weird knowing life thrives more when you exit. Like, oh! <laughs> Dude, oh. he Like, that, that's, and that's the thing. He'll have a line like that and it'll just be like, ooh, oh shit, that hit really hard. And this is like, but in the build up to it, it's like, he has lines like that that hit you even if you're not paying attention and then you, it makes you want to go back and be like, okay, wait, what was happening? And you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and again, it's like it works on a this sounds dope level and then if you listen to it, it, it hits on a deeper level. It like, it, it, there's definitely re-listenability to, to, to this album. I will say one or two of the hooks, like there were one or two of the hooks that I loved, but as mm. I was listening to it, I was like, is this related to the verses? Like, um, on, uh, was it? Swordbox. Yeah, where he's like, and for my next trick, I'll make a dollar bill climb up out of your wallet, disappear and reappear inside of my pocket. I never really do these things twice, but if you ask, nice, I just might. And I was like, yo, that's real cool. That's real slick. Was that related to, uh, underneath some cosmic retrograde where patsies get their signals flipped, hold on to your crystal pouch, step under the thimble rig? I'm like, I, uh... <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like maybe not. I'm, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure someone can explain that and make it this, but but I can't. And, and the thing is, like, but that quote, that hook is so distinctive that I'm like, I want to know what's happening, but I, I just don't. <laughs> like, and uh, churro. I feel like churro was oh, like yeah. my favorite track on the whole album. It might be mine also, <clears throat> bro. Because. First of all, that was the one where I, I was most clearly able to figure out what was happening. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but also, it's like, you know, just the fact of what this topic is. So, the topic of the song is like, how you can find something beautiful, but then, you know, something happens that can change your perspective of what that beauty is. And the example that he uses is like, some YouTube video where this guy's like, taking his cat for a walk or something like that, and he's like, you know, this guy was just, wanted to enjoy nature, see how beautiful it was, and he's like, oh, what a beautiful looking eagle! And then the eagle just took his fucking cat and apparently was like, capturing a video or something like that. And it's just like, wow, I wanted to observe, observe nature and how beautiful it was, and it's just like, now that this has happened to me, like, well, I don't think that fucking eagle's beautiful anymore now. I'm just fucking pissed off, <laughs> you know? The whole build-up to the track is about how there were a couple of previously or currently endangered bald eagles in <laughs> in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they put them on a live stream, and people were just captivated to watch them. And I love the chorus where it's like... Like a giant fucking eagle, or I don't know... Uh, maybe Mona Lisa cheesing from the easel, or I don't know. Maybe sunbeams leaking through a keyhole, or I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, and it's just like this sort of. I love the. I love how his abstract weird chorus here works in helping you figure out directly what's happening in relation to the emotion of the song, right? Because it's just like you want to still say that, like you know, these things are beautiful, but. Man, it fucking ate my cat, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? And he's like, and because of that one lyric, like sometimes uh, dog, sometimes cats eat birds, sometimes really big fucking birds eat cats. 
And you don't you don't really think about that. But yeah. So I was like there were moments where I was just like the production kept getting on my nerves. But then there were moments where it was just like you were hearing so much of Aesop's brilliance and it's just like I don't fucking know. Choro is right up there for me with Acid King. Because again, it's another song that is telling a very cohesive story. It's like a Ruby 81 off um, uh, Skeleton, where, he, where it's a song about a, a baby that escapes from, from a stroller and falls into a swimming pool. And the like elderly beagle like wakes up and saves the baby from drowning during like a 4th of July celebration so all the parents aren't paying attention. And it's just a story of one thing. Acid King, which I have written down, the beat sounds like the background music to a villain's lair in an 80s Saturday morning cartoon. Exactly, and I was like, wait, is there something important about it being called Acid King? Like, is that a, is that something I don't know about? Like, it sounds like the background music of, like, Skeletor's lair in yeah, He-Man yeah. or some shit. And it ends up fitting the song pretty well, because what the song is about, these two kids in the 80s who, quote, did a lot of acid and listened to, quote, devil music, and one kid just randomly decides to lure the other one into the middle of the woods and murder him, and this is a real story of a real thing that happened that seems kind of obscure. Maybe locally it's more of a big thing, but I've never heard of it. But it just so happens to, like, he really... Make he makes the song a fucking movie of how detailed yeah, he yeah. goes into every fucking thing, and then it just ends with this like after the last verse, there's an outro that's like a a series of repeating lines that plays over this really cool eighties sample that almost kind of sounds like like an eighties uh workout instructional video, <laughs> and it's just like. That song captures so much 80s in ways that, like, when people talk about how, like, oh, the 80s is fucking over, like, like the, like the fucking nostalgia for the 80s. No, no, no. Acid King really does it well in a way that's not obnoxious. And actually, like, this song feels like the 80s. It doesn't just remind you of it. Then there's songs like Suicide Big Gulp. That are almost a bit too abstract for me to get. That that was exactly the one where I had this note. I said, um, I, it's like, I just don't like it. It's too overpowering, but it's kind of slinky. And I was like, it's like if a robot tried to make funk, but it kept malfunctioning. So it's in this strange, <laughs> uncanny valley of uncomfortableness. Oh, you know uncanny funk. <laughs> yeah. That's a new genre. Uncanny funk. I it's like a, that. Maybe, maybe David Byrne, uh, you know, you could say he's one of the, the progenitors of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, talking heads. Dog Years uh, was another song I had rated uh, very highly, but it's too fucking short. That I love his flow on that one. It's like faster and like more rapid fire and the beat just keeps going and going and it comes and goes in these weird like distorted waves. I can't really I don't know any other way to describe it, but then then it also like carries over into the chorus where it kind of like comes and goes in waves of being able to hear what it says and and not. But it's like not even three minutes and I would have loved another verse on that song, but Nope, 
That's all you get. What would you, uh, if we're heading to it, what would you rate this uh, overall? Um, I overall gave it a four. And that is because most of the songs averaged out of a rating between four and a four and a half. Except for my least favorite song on the album, unfortunately, the last one, Purple Moss. The chorus awkwardly staggers, which may have to do with the song being about weed, but I'm not sure. It's just kind of weak and... Like, not last song material? No, it's really underwhelming, especially after Churro. Especially churro after is a churro, great yeah. fucking song. I was like, it should have ended on fucking Churro. And 1 plus 1 equals 13, a song about, like, bad luck. And that fucking song, I've written down here a line from that song I wanted to, I wanted to quote. I'm writing from the plight of the godless, where pagans swap piety for shinier objects and pretend to be a perfect pile of science and logic though it hasn't got us any less divided and conquered. When I heard this track, like, this is the one where I was like, does this not sound like something on, like, the Rick and Morty movie soundtrack or some shit? Oh, shit! With that synth line during the chorus, like... Yes. Dude, I can fucking imagine it. I'm just saying. Dan Harmon, get on that shit. (laughs) Have it be the next round. Yo, that would be so tight if season four had fucking Aesop Rock on the fucking... Let's make it happen. <laughs> Doing the fucking voiceover on his pit bull shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, Aesop Rock, of course, right after he does his uh, song with Pitbull, because everyone has to, you know. Ah, uh, yes. What would you give Malibu Ken? I, I hate them soon, but like three and a half. Okay. And this is like, just because the production, it's just like, ah, yeah. Because, ah, like, I, I can keep, definitely see this being kind of niche for people. Yeah, it's like, I keep thinking, like, I want to recommend this, but I could totally see someone. Like, just getting, like, to the 32nd mark and hearing the harsh, you know, sense and being like, alright, alright. So, it's like, it's definitely an acquired taste, but, like, if you're into Aesop and you just want to hear some more, like, Aesop's still as good as ever, is basically what I'm saying. It's just the production. Yeah, if you don't really mind what else is going on in the background, you're probably not going to really mind. Yeah, if, if you're into Vaporwave and you just also happen to be into Aesop Rock, you'll dig this too. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely got something for quite a few different people. But that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. And I want to give just the biggest shout out to our boys Raven Kill Bill uh, joining us on the show. And check out their new album, New Moon, on the EXO Bandcamp. It's phenomenal. It's got some really, really sick features on there. The mm, It's so good. It, it might be... I'm just going to go ahead and say it's the best I've ever heard from the both of them. I think it's fantastic. Best album of 2019 already. <laughs> ah, I mean, <laughs> it already is a pretty strong contender. Uh, it and Malibu can, in my opinion, that they're, they're right about there. And if this is your first time listening to us on the show, maybe if you're from the uh, We Don't Suck audience. Welcome. Eh? Welcome. Check out all of our old episodes. They're all on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube. Check us out on Patreon. Like we like we said earlier, we did a Patreon-requested album review. If there's an album that you would like for us to review, head on over to either one of our Patreons. It's patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse for details to figure out how you can request an album to be reviewed on the show. Until next time, for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. Boys to Ben, ABC, DB. Ooh.